not sticking your head in the sand when it comes to experiencing trial and tribulation and, and, and that sort of mentality. Like, go ahead, just hide from it, but that's weak. Or identify it, address it, face it, take it in, ask for more, bathe in it, and keep going. This is Bill Anthes, founder of Between the Years, and you're listening to the Heads and Tails podcast. Welcome back to the Heads and Tails podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Som, and each week I bring you an inspiring athlete story of perseverance or expert knowledge in the field of sports health and safety. Just like flipping a coin, you can't control what happens to you in sports or in life. You can always control how you respond. This is my response after suffering a traumatic brain injury in a high school football game, and I hope it leaves you feeling both inspired and informed. Welcome back to the Heads and Tails podcast. This week I'm interviewing Bill Anthes. He's a Green Beret, a Montclair State University Hall of Famer, um, co-owner of CrossFit Morristown, and also the founder of Between the Ears. Um, so, Bill, thanks for coming today. And can you just start off by talking about, like, what Between the Ears actually uh, yeah. is and what, what your mission is? Yeah, well, thanks for having me. Um, so, Between the Ears is a – it kind of draws its inspiration, actually, from a quote Greg Glassman had said about, you know, CrossFit – kind of an old story that the greatest adaptation, you know, occurs between the ears. I like that. I think that resonates with me. Um, that, that was something that I always found to be a passion of mine growing up being an athlete, you know, that mental, that mental piece, right. um, you know, I'd seen a lot of physically talented kids that were potentially super mentally weak. Yeah. Just, I've seen that too. You know, <laughs> their careers are just, you know, flash in the pan. So I had this concept of, um, you know, like tapping into it a little bit more, you know, I'd always thought, how do we train mental conditioning, right? When we think about physical conditioning, CrossFit or you know, whatever kind of high intensity stuff, strength work, conditioning, everything. But like, we don't do anything mentally, really, you know, maybe something here or there and nothing like cognitive or in or CrossFit you're like saying, yeah, in general, in general you know, right. I think in general, just going about our day to day life, we don't, we don't really expose ourselves to, to the, the, what's happening between the ears and people thing. probably actually like avoid that. I think in so. In a lot of cases. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of people work harder to be comfortable instead of working hard to get uncomfortable. Right. And so that's kind of where between the ears started from. Okay. Um, a concept of let's really push the limits here to ask some, to expose ourselves to, tough situations and, and listen to some questions that we're asking ourselves. Right. So when you were thinking of this idea or you came up with the idea and like we just said, like most people try to work hard to be comfortable, not to yeah. get uncomfortable. So what were kind of like the challenges or like thoughts that were going inside your head that were like, is this going to work? Like, can this be like a, a real thing or? Yeah. I mean, and, and I think people are, and I don't mean to generalize, but a lot of people are creatures of convenience. Right. And that's, they'll, they'll try to take the shortest either, you know, road or the shortcut or, or, or not do the right thing. Um, you know, and so some of the challenges I think were obviously being what I was in the military, um, that was very specific to a very specific job, you know, in the military and stuff. So bringing that back and, and, and sharing that with people who aren't training to become a military operator or, right. or aren't anything like that. There's a different, there's an automatically just different perspective on why we're doing this. 
and so in my experiences in the military and it wasn't all just physical evolutions that were just unbearable like the mundane the everyday a lot of that stuff was what what i found myself thinking about more you know um so some of the challenges were certainly how do i bridge the gap between my personal experience and it was just a very small small personal experience and i didn't do anything compared to what some awesome people have done and and you know not disillusioned about that at all um you're talking about like in the military or yeah yeah in the military um you know yep green beret but like there's regular joes out there doing awesome stuff and um just because you know one person has a a sexier job title or you know is from a, a higher speed unit or something like that it doesn't make anybody automatically better than anyone else all right so you're someone who it seems like you've always embraced that mental challenge so like as an athlete how did you do that and is that what influenced you to transition into the military you know what was what was your why for enlisting in the in the military enlisting in the military because wanted to serve you know hands down wanted to wanted to serve my country um grew up two grandfathers were in the in the, in the military, World War II, um, older brother, wanted to be a pilot ever since, I mean, we could see and identify airplanes. And you know, we grew up by Newark Airport, so it was constant. Right. <laughs> um, and he, he accomplished that. He went to the Air Force Academy, went on, became a pilot, very successful pilot. Um, and having an older brother in, I kind of was like, well, I'm going to do my own thing. You know, one blaze your own path kind of yeah you know and like one son in the military is enough for my family you know it's it was, i have two brothers in the middle so i did my own thing wasn't really sure what i was going to do uh in high school you know took an accounting class because i heard that that was a way to get into the fbi oh really yeah so like i don't know <laughs> who told and then you that it, it was like law accounting criminal justice or something the else fbi path the FBI, I was like, all right, cool, uh, let me do that. But like, I think the thread there was like, wanted to do something a little bit different. Not, I didn't really want to just go have like a job, a normal job. Uh, grew up reading books about you know commandos and Navy SEALs and Special Forces guys and you know, Vietnam and all that stuff. So, being an athlete, I actually, you know, what what drove me to be a really good athlete, especially as I got a little bit older, was thinking like. I need to be doing what the dudes in like special operations are doing because those guys are presented with crazy hard challenges. The odds are stacked against them and they keep going and they, they do, they, they find a way to succeed in the mission. And if I'm complaining about doing some extra sprints or if it's hot out and I don't want to run, you know, before preseason camp, like what would they do? Right. Like, there is one way and it's, you know, the hardworking way, that 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 tough way. That was so how old was. were you when you came to that like realization or that like that thought came to you? You know, I, I definitely carried it. I definitely had it in college. I would say probably senior year of high school is where it started to click a little bit more. Um, I, without a doubt, every year in college, that's what kept me going. I didn't want to, I did have a very successful college career but that was never like the end goal you know and so when I was training I wasn't always thinking like I'm going to train I'm going to get fit I'm going to get stronger faster whatever so I can be so I can get this accolade it was always like well 
what are the special operations guys doing? What are those? Those those were those elite warriors that I esteemed to be like. And um, I always thought that, like, I'm going to do that. So if I can do a fraction of what they do, like, I'll probably be better on the field for right. it. And, and that's interesting because a lot of times on the podcast we talk about, like, having a purpose outside of sports. And that almost seems like you had a purpose that wasn't just soccer, right? You had right. something that, like, you wanted to strive towards or – you had a role model, you know, that you were kind of looking up to that, I don't know, obviously set a, a good example. Totally, yeah. Um, and before we get too far, I forgot to explain exactly, like, why I was, why I wanted to do this interview with you. And it's because I did your last Between the Ears yeah. uh, seminar or evolution, as you yeah. as you called it. And it honestly had, you know, a, a huge impact on my life, to be honest, I swear to God, because... For the last 26 years, I've grown up thinking of tough, the idea of toughness, um, quote unquote, as being something that's like, you know, lifting the heaviest weight, playing injured, um, hitting home runs, you know, these like glorified, I don't know, events, I guess that you could, mm-hmm. I don't know what other word to use, but mm-hmm. you know, that, that was like my idea of toughness that I was always trying to live up to. And it was something that I always um, was insecure about because I felt like I could never be tough mm-hmm. enough or I wasn't good enough. And honestly, until I did between the ears, we're not going to go into it um, in detail for the reason, because, you know, people going forward <laughs> who want to do it, it definitely wouldn't be the same. Like if I knew Correct. what we were going, going to do like going into it, it yep. would have a completely different right meeting and, and outcome. But, you know, I was, I got emotional and yeah. it, I got to the point where I, I recently had knee surgery, not recently, but like, 10 months ago and I was hoping that by the six month mark I'd be back to doing what I normally do um, physically and so when I went into this I'm thinking like oh I could I could do anything and it's a a combination of physical and mental kind of uh, collaboration I guess to, to make this kind of evolution and you know when I was going through it, my body started breaking down and, you know, these thoughts in my head kept going like that. have always been there being like, you know, you're a freaking pussy, keep going right, or whatever. Right, right, right. Um, and just like keep fighting through it. And what was interesting when we talked about before, or I guess like a week before you sent an email saying, um, think about what your why is going into this. Yeah. And I've heard a lot of like, leaders and thought leaders talk about the importance of why. And like, even when we're coaching CrossFit to explain to the people that you're coaching, why we're doing whatever like, there's a lot of meaning behind it. So I took that to heart and I really did sit down and I thought about it. And when I thought about my why I was like, well, my body's breaking down. I can't do what I I normally want to do athletically, but I would like to think that I still have the same brain, the same, the same mental toughness, quote unquote, that I've always had which was interesting because that same mindset is what has gotten me hurt and right. has tormented my you know, self-worth and mm-hmm. my confidence for my entire life. So I actually ended up t- pulling myself out of the uh, evolution yep. and it was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. Like I obviously I, I came up to you and I couldn't even get the words out without like bawling my eyes out. Right. And I was, yeah, me trying to be quote unquote tough, yeah. you know, and I'm bawling my eyes out here uh, in front yeah. of all these people. But what was awesome that I feel like people who are thinking about you know doing a between the ears uh, seminar with you, it's a learning experience. It's not meant to like 
crush you or break you or anything Correct. like that. Like you're meant, the, the point of it is to learn something about yourself. And that's something that I definitely did. And it took me 26 years to kind of have this like aha moment. There you go. And a lot of it was, you know, how you said, can you, what's your definition of toughness that you told us um, in the beginning? Yeah. Um, you know, and it's sort of directly related to the, to the task. Um, but yeah, you know, identifying a, a small goal that's going to, you know, lend itself to a, a positive direction and aggressively taking that, that first step towards it. Right. And and you said the word engagement, right? Yeah. You're taking, um, the initiative to engage and mm-hmm. then every step or whatever you're doing, you know, take that aggressively. Right. Absolutely. And I remember, you know, probably, I don't know when, when we were at what point, but we were all feeling bad for ourselves. We were mm-hmm. sluggish and just kind of going through the motions and you stopped us. And it was a teaching point where you mm-hmm. said, you know, everyone feels bad for, you know, everyone's not feeling good. Everyone's like struggling. Yeah. Like your, your experience is not unique. Yes. You know? So, and you said, I think you said, like, toughness isn't just, like, going through the motions and just, like, getting something done. Like, mm-hmm. toughness is doing it with a purpose and doing it aggressively. Mm-hmm. Like, when you said that, I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, you're so right. Because my whole life I've just worked at, like, 50% of my capacity just to, like, get this to survive or just, to like, get something done or check it off the list. Right. That's, like, not being – that's not being tough. Like, No, you know, and I think people can – you know, people can – mislabel being tough as something they can look at and be like, okay, that dude lifted that weight or that person, you know, ran that fast or that person has that job or is that successful. Therefore they must be tough. And like, it's not, it, it, it it's not the, the toughest decisions are very rarely the, like the highlight reels, right? You know, you're not going to turn on ESPN and see the highlights of the, of, of, of toughness. You know, it's just not the case. Um, as it related to that, that moment that we stopped and yeah, your situation isn't unique. Right. And that was a, a lesson I learned in somewhat a similar situation where I was now, you know, um, on the receiving end of that statement and everyone was thinking that, 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 Oh, you know, like, well, that person, that they don't know, even though they're next to you, right. you know, yeah, exactly. just getting crushed. <laughs> And and the instructor, the, the mentor, really stopped everybody. Was like, "Listen, yeah, you're not. What you're experiencing is no different than what that person's experiencing. And by the way, a lot of people have experienced a lot worse. And if this is the worst you're going to experience, you haven't done anything. It's going to get a lot harder. Right. And um, you know, he also was was a big person on not sticking your head in the sand when it comes to experiencing trial and tribulation and, and, and that sort of mentality, like go ahead, just hide from it. That's weak or identify it, address it, face it, take it in, ask for more, bathe in it and keep going. Right. And like, that's, that's toughness. Yeah. I had that moment where I was like, yeah, you know, I'm going to, hook me up to an IV of this, give me more. And I'm going to take a step forward. Might not be successful, might fail, you know, might not be the outcome we we want. Right. Um, Which is exactly what my case was. Without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. And that's something that, you know, if, if the end 
it, it, this Machiavellian type thing. Like the end isn't. It's not just about the end. It's not. It's not where you're going. It's not the destination. It, you know, and whatever. A lot of it is the journey, and you, you, there's that's where life is lived. You know, in that journey, and when we are going through it. What questions are we asking ourselves? Are we listening to ourselves? Are we being a creature of convenience or are we saying like, it's hard? Okay, thanks. I'm going to take that. Like, yes, it's hard. Now what? Right. Once you identify it and address it, you know, you can accept it and choose to engage. And that kind of cycle is, is something that I think a lot of people don't know or, or pay attention to because right. they're so distracted. Um, so stripping away all of that ego you know and that that pride is i think critical for you to really see who you are right and that, that's exactly what it was for me it's like an ego thing like mm-hmm. i didn't want to quit i'm not a quitter you know like of course. I'm, I'm not gonna do that but honestly i feel like it was harder for me to say when i couldn't go any further than it was for me to just keep going and do what i've always done for my entire life yeah um so it was definitely a, an eye-opening experience for sure and just one thing too you know there i think when i look when i think about this stuff there's like three buckets that automatically come to mind physical uh mental and emotional right with physical being the easiest one to navigate physically like there comes a point where you're physically broken down right and you cannot take that step you can try you know or just if people have physical limitations that just don't allow themselves to, to do that. But, you know, mentally and emotionally, those are the driving, those are the driving forces behind it. And, um, you know, we've, we're, we're capable of doing a lot more than physically we might think we could do. Uh, and if we look at the, the why behind that, I think, yeah, mentally and, and especially emotionally, what we're doing is, is driven by those. So that emotional piece too, that, you know, I, I, it is a standalone category and, and it's, it, yeah, sure. You can wrap it up in men, in the mental piece, but I, I feel like it deserves its own. No, I completely agree. Yeah. Kind of bucket. Right. Um, you talked about like asking questions and I, there's this one quote, um, that you said in your email and if yeah. it's cool, if I read of it, course. I think it's, uh, awesome. In my experience, we rarely learn the deepest and most powerful lessons by examining the surface. We need to go to the deepest depths, not to find the answers, but to ask the questions. The answers, as we find out, are not always what we may want them to be. At the surface, potentially we answer these, answer these questions completely opposite of what the true answer really is. Um, and I, this experience definitely was one of those things. It wasn't like an answers thing. It was like right. asking all these questions. And that was like what filled up my mind for like the next week like it's all I thought about was was kind of what we what we went through and when I asked these questions too like I took myself out but then I asked even more questions I'm like well I took myself out because my knee was bothering me to the point where I was worried that I messed something up and it was gonna be like a permanent you know issue for me Mm -hmm. so I was scared but at the same time like once I once we were once we were done and it, it was over, um, I was like, "Did I cop? Did I like cop out by sure. backing out? Like, did I take the easy way out? Like, could I have continued on but just not done, you know, something that would egotistically make me look bigger, stronger, faster? Yeah. Um, or, you know, by me taking myself away from that situation and out of sight, out of mind, 
did was that the easy thing to do? Like, and that was what I battle with myself constantly. I'm like, did I just, you know, was that an ego driven, you know, uh, decision or was that, you know, I'm, I'm hurt and I need to stop kind of thing, you know? And that's what I, that was the, the battle that I faced and, or I, the battle that was going on within my own yeah. head. Yeah. Um, what, what, I mean, I'd like to get your brutally honest opinion of me and I like to do it on the podcast sure. because I feel like being vulnerable is something that I ha- I don't always do on the podcast. Like I let other people be vulnerable and then I'm just like, Oh yeah, like cool. Like hopefully other people mm-hmm. will learn from that. But this experience has such an impact on me. I would like to get kind of your input on what you thought. Was I the one who was like dragging ass and like feeling bad for myself or, um, no, no, um, definitely not. Uh, you know, I don't know if you remember. I had so I came up to you earlier and asked how yeah. your knee was doing. Yeah, and I was struggling, but I just like, no, I'm good. Yep. Yeah, and it's like, all right, you know, you're a tough nut to crack, yeah. and I get it. You're an athlete, competing or competing. You're a competitor. Um, you have that ego. That's something that is present in a lot of people that are just high performers. And that, and that's, that's understandable because, you know, ego does push you a lot. Right. And it, it, you know, it's not always a bad thing, but you needed, the toughest thing you did was strip down your ego. Right. And if physically you, if your why was only physical, you could have, you could have finished. Right. And you could have potentially done catastrophic damage to your knee which would have had like a huge fallout into other areas in your life but you were able to finally come to the conclusion of like i need to stop because if i continue i am risking not just the knee and you know how it is dealing with injury like the daily battle that happens when you feel like you are physically not capable of doing something and so you were able to 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 put the ego away, strip the armor, drop the muscle, all of that, and like really give it as as the you only you can see to the deepest depths of your you know of, of who you are, right? And made the decision, which I agree with, and and engaged on it. That's tough, right? That is a tough decision, and it is a you know in, in its nature and execution, it's 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 tough as well. And, um, you know, that's where it was not the finish you wanted, but I think it was potentially the finish you needed. 100%. And like when I was reading that email, that's why I was getting so emotional. It was like, I literally felt like you were saying that to me. Like, obviously the, that was, goes back to that thing. Like you're not the only one feeling this way, but I don't know. It just like struck a chord with me and I was like, holy crap. Like it took me this long, but. Well, and you said before, you know, it's, it, it yeah, you're not. I'm with a lot of this stuff. What are the questions you're asking? Right. You know, what are the questions you're asking? And yeah, what are the answers? And if you ask the question like, well, am I going to do more damage to my knee? If yes, like, okay, screw it. I'm going to keep going. Why? Why are you here? Because, and then, you know, back to your previous question about what some challenges, because we're not training to go on and do whatever mission that, you know, has life and death or whatever kind of bigger implications that I've had in the past. 
um, for you, the last thing, and I beat myself up over when I pulled you out and uh, got you out of there. I felt responsible, 100%. And I was like, man, I failed. I didn't want anyone to... I wanted everybody that started to finish, definitely from a physical standpoint. Although it's fucking hard. Yeah. You know? Yeah, um, I've done Tough Mudders before and, like, all this other stuff. There is nothing tough about a Tough Mudder <laughs> compared to what we did. Yes, it is. It, that is... That, that that's intense what happened. Um, but yeah, I failed. I felt like as a leader and as someone who, who was entrusted to, to guide you all through this, this evolution, then I failed. And or what you about know, when I sent, sent you the email about how I felt about it though? Did you change your mind? Yeah. You know, there, I, I changed my mind about 10 minutes after we started going again. Okay. Um, and it was just like, look, here's, let me, Think about physical, emotional, and, and, and mental. Emotionally, I'm going to feel responsible because somebody just was unable to complete it and we had to do what we had to do. Now, physically, like, nope, it's not impossible. I know that, like, that task. And But, you know, for me, for me, mentally, um, I had to really replay, like, what happened and and identify what were the steps, what, what led up to it, you know, and, and, and accept it. And that's one of the things that you learn in the military and, and, you know, kind of what I did. You make, make a decision and, 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 and engage. And then whatever happens, you have to accept it. And if it means making another decision or, you know, being like, okay, that didn't work. We have to do something else. That's fine. But you can't, you know, once you, once you pull the trigger, that, that, that round's not going back in the tube. It's, right. <laughs> it's, it's gone and it's, it's, you've sent it now. Um, and so, like, That's a for much me, bigger implication, yeah. You know, but for me, for you, I was thinking, all right, uh, was that irresponsible? And I, I don't think it was um, your situation. I think it was something that, as I then kind of thought about the emotional piece more, like, yeah, this is perfect, actually. Yeah, I'm this telling is, you, like, this is perfect. I there's nothing else I could have needed more than this. <laughs> like, I wish I had this like years ago. Uh-huh. Um, but all right, since we kind of talked about your military experience, like how is your military, how is your military training different than, you know, obviously, obviously it's a lot different than what we did, but you know, can you kind of explain, you know, what, what you learned from going through your, your green beret training? Oh man. Yeah. So one, I learned that you surround yourself with, with people that are looking to always improve amazing things happen. And I was super fortunate to have that, to have that opportunity, to have that ability to learn from some, some awesome people. Um, yes, there's the tactics and there's the, you know, job specific skills and, and, and that's all good, you know, for sure. Um, but how to conduct yourself as a professional, how to always improve and, and, and not accept, not accept something that's like not not accepting defeat, but you know not accepting mediocrity, right. and out of your own self too. Like, That's like is the, it good the aggressive enough? step of kind yes. of idea. Yeah. Yes, um, you know, have a tab or whatever, and uh, if you ask yourself, did I earn that today? Sometimes you you might not like that answer, right? And uh, it's 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 no one else is going to know, but you will, 
And so going throughout, you know, my training and, and once I was at group, you're really kind of humbled by the quality of person you're around. And they're not always the biggest, toughest, you know, baddest person. Um, but, but the people, the guys and the girls and specifically their families that continue to go through deployment cycles and training and schools and loss and all that stuff. Yeah. You learn that like we are, we have the ability to be, to be really tough and it has nothing to do with anything like kinetic or weapons or muscles or any of that stuff, any right. of that stuff that is kind of in addition to a, a, a laundry list of other things I learned, but, right. but that was regardless of where I went, I guess that was something that was, just like smacks you in the the face right away. Awesome. So you said, you know, this idea of toughness came up again. So who, who is like in your mind tough? Like who's the toughest person that you know? Yeah. Based off of the definition that we've kind of put out today. You know, I'll be honest, the, the, and this is kind of specific to my background and, and, and previous experiences, the toughest people that I know um, of, I don't even actually probably, I don't know most of them individually or personally, but the wives of the, the wives and the husbands of guys and girls that have been killed are badass and they are tough. Cause like, honestly, if something were to happen to me, it's over, right? It's over. I'm gone the family, Kariana and the kids and my mom, my dad and my brothers, the world's still spinning for them. Right. And they have to get up face life. They're never going to live a day, another day without having that be constant. Right. And they're going to take that first step. They're going to get out of bed. They're going to put their clothes on. They're going to make breakfast. They're going to go to work. They're going to continue to engage in life. I have, that is a level that I don't think, unless you are in that situation, you can ever achieve. And that those, to me, those those people in that position that continue to to operate and, and engage and get better and accept what had happened, of course they don't like it. Of course. Right. Um, but man, those that is tough in my in my mind. Met, met a lot of guys, you know, guys on my team um, that are still in, yes, badasses. Other guys I went through training with, like, totally badasses. But that's still a different level compared to what, you know, the families of, of, of the guys who right. are gone are. So what kind of impact did your uh, military experience or you being in the military have on your family? Like, what do they say, you know, when you're, when you were gone and stuff? You know, I, I was always gone. Always. Uh, family lived in New Jersey, lives in New Jersey. And I was either in North Carolina or Tennessee. And I would come home on four day weekends, occasionally, uh, holidays. If I was around, yep. Could go there. And it was, it was just accepted. Like, up oh, Bill's in the military. I was the man in the box. You know, we'd FaceTime or Skype or, or right. do whatever, Gmail. And um, they knew, I, I guess, that, like, yeah, I was always going to be going away. And so, K being, you know, 
who she is and continuing to operate every single day, knowing that like, yeah, her partner is your wife, just for people yeah, who are yeah, listening. Sorry, yep. yeah. No, it's okay. Well, you know, knowing that her partner is, is just not here. And that might mean in the United States, that might mean, you know, elsewhere. I mean, that impact alone, like that is, that is, yes, it's tough. And it's, it's also though, and it's been like amazing and beautiful to kind of really see what unconditional support and love really is. And I've had really hard times. There were some super tough times in the military and she's in New Jersey. I'm in wherever I was. And like it, so just stepping up and supporting that it's easy to be a, you know, it's easy to be a crutch when no one's leaning on it, but when there's weight applied to it, like now your job is now you have to do your job, right? you know? And, um, so the impact it's had on the family, it was just a constant, it was a constant absence. And I don't know what it had, the effect it's, it's had on the kids. Um, that's all they knew really before moving home. Um, but I know, you know, on, on my wife, yeah, it was tough. super hard. What about for you mentally? Like knowing that you obviously were like aware of that's probably what, like how the people were feeling. So did that like affect your daily decisions or? <laughs> yes and no. Um, yes, it, it, it affected me in that I, I felt like I was in two, two different worlds and was never in the right one because when it came to the work, I would and did do everything for the, for the job. Um, and that meant never getting to see, you know, the kids on a normal day or, or barely getting to see my wife for the first, like, you know, year of our relationship, we, I was physically unable to speak to her because no other form of communication was available for like nine months. Wow. Yeah. So it was like, oh, you want to have a, you want to have like a, a strong relationship? Here you go, right into the fire. Um, but anyway, you know, it, it it didn't it didn't impact me because yeah, I I longed to be home, wanted to be home, but also had a very intense desire to do what I was doing and, and had the privilege and the honor and and the ability to do it. And uh, yeah, it meant. People would all, not to go down this road, but, you know, when I first got to Fort Campbell after being in uh, North Carolina for the first, like, two years of, of being in the military, go to Fort Campbell. Hadn't done anything in the military. Walked in, you know, came in basically off the street, so I didn't have any prior experience. Was two years in and had a Green Bray, Special Forces. Got down to Fort Campbell, and there was a bunch of guys who'd been in there for... 12, 15, you know, 10 years, six years. And they looked up to me and I'm just like, dude, right. I have done literally nothing. It, <laughs> my hat is different. I got promoted really fast. Right. Got this tab fine, but like it's work. it's a piece of fabric if it's not upheld and, and honored and, and improved upon. And they would be like, oh, man, awesome, this, that, so cool, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, They're like, thank you. Like, it was weird. I didn't know how to respond to that. Right. I didn't really feel, I felt embarrassed. Did they try to become Green Berets and Well, like, that's fail, the thing. Or? That's the thing. And then, inevitably, it would come up. Oh, I want to go to the selection, and but, you know, I just, 
and they'd look at me and be like, you know, I just don't like being away from family. And I was just like, all right, now I, yeah, man, I don't either. Yeah. Like <laughs> no one does. <laughs> no one does like, Oh, you know, but I just time away from the family. I just don't want to do that. It's like, yeah, I don't want that either. Like it sucks, but there's always a story for, for why this or why right. that. And you know, um, but that was like that weird sort of thing of like the ego. And so I was approaching it from a hundred percent, like pure and honest thing and, and being humble in that the only thing I did was pass a school. Really? That's right. it. And they're coming at it from like, here's a million reasons why I didn't do it. And there's always a million reasons to not to do something. Yeah. And like with anything. Yeah. With anything you don't have to, I don't need your, approval you don't have to tell me or justify or rationalize to me anything like identify what you want to get better at engage right it's as simple as that and if you want to be whatever promoted or you know green beret or whatever it is and it does not just military then go after it and, right. and, and engage and take that first step and yeah you might fail but like don't look at the million because re- the reasons not to do it are all around right but like mm. I think that's what I like most about like your definition of toughness or what I connected with the most is like you're in control. It has nothing to do with like, you know, my coach who like, you know, saying, Oh, Kevin, you're real tough. You know, you're really tough today. You know, it has nothing to do with that. Like you have the decision every day that you wake up to be tough. Absolutely. You know, and I think that's what I love most about it. Cause it has nothing to do with anyone else. It's all, yes, you're, you're in control. It's, it's looking within and knowing that, regardless of what you have a choice regardless of whatever else is going on it is not the situation that controls your you know decision to either do something or not right like it might make it really hard it might be a stacked you know the deck might be stacked against you the situation is probably going to be really hard if it's worth a damn but you still have a choice and are you going to take it right yes or no and that's the difference. Like when you're saying well, these guys were looking up to you, they've been in for 12 years. Like, but that's the difference right there, right? That's why they're not Green Berets and why you are. And and yeah, and potentially, and you know, I, they had done a lot more than I did. Like I said, I didn't do anything at the time. I went in. I I, I was under this you know 18 X-ray Special Forces contract. The only they, they, sure they guaranteed you if you got to that point a tryout to go to selection. And then you go and like, okay, you do all that and one day at a time and it's a two year, it's a long course, but you're still not doing anything. Like you're, you're still in North Carolina and like, yep, you're learning a lot. You're getting, you know, tactically proficient, learn a new language, uh, all these different skills you get to learn and people and leadership and, and just, it's an amazing, it's an amazing experience, but I still didn't do anything. Right. You know, and there were guys who, who had multiple combat deployments and I'm looking at them being like, dude, what the hell? I, I've done nothing, right. Abs- nothing compared to people. And it doesn't have to be in, in a, you know, infantry or special operations or anything like that. Like, no, you've, they've done a lot more, but you know, it's that mindset. Interesting. So speaking of all the things, like you say, you had to learn a new language. Like mm-hmm. what was the biggest obstacle throughout your training? That My, you had to overcome. Yeah, so being fresh out of, uh, you know, off the street, as they say, um, 
the biggest, one of the biggest obstacles was that learning curve. I didn't grow up in rural, you know, wherever USA walking through the woods was like, why am I going to walk through the woods? I'll just walk on the sidewalk. Cause I live five miles outside New York city. <laughs> right. Like, so, so that wasn't a thing. Um, didn't grow up shooting, you know, but you learn all that stuff and, um, overcoming my own self doubt of, I've never done any of this. I'm definitely not going to be able to be able to do it to this level now. Right. That was really tough. And, you know, there's a lot of, when you read all of the different things of what you have to do and, you know, kind of the, the, the points of instruction and all that stuff, it, it, it's, it could be overwhelming. But, like, all right, I'm going to break it down, do my best every single day, try to get better. And it asked myself the question, did I get better today, yes or no? At the end of the day, am I a better, you know, operator than at, at night than I was in the morning? Hopefully I've done something to maybe get that to be yes. So overcoming that, like, I don't know if I can do this kind of thing, just because of not knowing and having it all be brand new. Right. That was, that was for me, pretty tough, pretty challenging. Then there was the uh, emotional piece of being in a relationship, being in a long distance relationship, um, you know, not getting to really see, you know, Kariana that much. Um, and especially the, at the beginning, it was like very rarely ever. So there was a lot of that, um, just that being in two different places, but kind of always feeling like right. I'm, I'm not in the right spot. That was tough because it was long, two years. And so, you know, the day I left for the basic training, there was a job to be done and it was graduate as a Green Beret. Prior to that though, you know, you got to do basic training and all that stuff, which is, I mean, just have a heartbeat and you'll, you'll pass that. <laughs> and there's airborne school. And again, same thing like gravity works, just jump out of the plane. It's, you'll, you'll go down. No questions asked. Like gravity <laughs> works. You're going to just, you could, you don't have to prove that anymore. We're, we're good on there. Um, and then once you get up to North Carolina, that's where it was kind of like, okay, now, now here we go. It's the real deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we talked about like the unknown and we yeah. don't, we didn't talk about the details of, uh, between the ears partially because of the importance of going into it with not knowing anything. So can you talk about, you know, during your training, like yeah. obviously, you know, wh where, like where does the power of the unknown come from? Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's a part of it that you don't know what you're going to do until it's written on the whiteboard. And that piece freaks people out, myself included. There's always that, like, I'm going to be brutally honest with myself and be like, if I'm not a little freaked out or if I'm not like, all right, got some nerves or some anxiety, I'm probably not taking this seriously enough. Because, like, for me, even though it's not life or death, it was a matter of life or death. This is what I came in to do. I'm going to succeed or I'm going to die trying. Right. One or the other. So the not knowing is ridiculously uncomfortable, especially when the stakes are high. And it, it, as in my experience... When we don't know what we're doing, we take something that's maybe a, you know, a molehill and make a mountain out of it. And all of a sudden in our minds, we're climbing, you know, right. uh, Maru or something. And it's like, yeah, it's not that, but, but not knowing, not having that comfort 
freaks people out and and that's just huge i think it's a perfect um relationship for like uh athletes who are injured like we we talked about you know you have self-doubt you're gonna have self-doubt when you injure your you know whatever it is and you try to come back and play again or you're gonna it's also unknown you don't know if you're ever gonna be a hundred percent if you're ever gonna get back to where you want to be or say you're transitioning to a life after sports because you can't play anymore Mm -hmm. that's unknown too Mm -hmm. so i feel like you know this is a, a perfect thing so like what tips do you have for athletes or whoever is going into something unknown? Like, how did you get through those times? Like, what did you tell yourself um, going into it? Was it just because, like, I'm doing this no matter what, you know, life or death? Or You know, for me, I, I and none of this, I take no responsibility for, like, coming up with any of this stuff. I was fortunate, like I said, to have people around me that – knew and did a lot more than I did. And right, I was, but now you're kind of paying it forward to you. Sure. Honestly changed my life. Like, well, with, that's with nice. this thing. <laughs> I swear to God, man. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, so like just get, it's a long journey. It's a long road. You don't know when the end is going to be, but like you have to, if it's, if it's the morning, okay, you have to eat breakfast at some point. So like eat breakfast and then work hard, push through, get to lunch. All right, we're at lunch. Like, Small yep, goals, dinner. yeah. Small little goals, man. One day at a time. I remember being in basic training thinking, wow, two <laughs> years, like the third night, maybe even that first night where you get down there and you, you write all this stuff. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> but like, okay, I need to fill out this form again. Just get, once you're at the end of the form. And so every single day, just being like, it's it's one day. It w- doesn't matter what's going to happen in six months from now. It doesn't matter what's going to happen, honestly, in like six hours from now. Like what only happens is, is what only matters is what's going to happen like immediate and now. Um, of course, those long-term things have, have an impact. Um, you know, we have a phrase in the military, like just what's your 25-meter target? So if you're out on a, a firing range, anywhere targets are anywhere from 25 meters out to 300. If the 300 and the 25 pop up at the same time, engage the 25. Like, yep, don't worry about the 300 for now. Yes. So what's your 25-meter target? And so the ability to break down those those long things. Like, yeah, you, you're coming back from knee injury. Don't worry about, you know, the the conference championship when all you need to worry about is like, can I pick up those little sponges with my toes or the TheraBand stuff or, you know, getting stim and, and doing all the rehab stuff? Like, the conference championship don't that's the, you can't worry about that right now you need to worry about what's in front of you your 25 meter target and that's getting your knee better um you know and i think you can apply that really to to anything is yeah but that's but but it's uncomfortable to know that there's this thing looming and for me yeah it was uncomfortable knowing that like the job wasn't done until like across the stage and then even at that it's like okay now it's just begun like good luck showing up thinking like you've done something and for me, especially, who hadn't done a damn thing, that's just like, okay, task one, done. Now it's like, here we go. Basically, like, you know, I got to my team, and my senior at the time, who's a badass, who's awesome, man, I'll never forget this, walk in and um, whatever, see him, and they're like, oh, God, you know, what's your job? I'm like, oh, I'm a junior Charlie. They're like, you're going to literally die. He is going to kill you. There may have been some other statements in there that I'm not going to go on here. Uh, but so I get up there, see him, and I'm like, hey. And all of a sudden, it's like eye to eye. And he's like, who the fuck are you? 
And I'm kind of like awkwardly, nervously laughing. Like, uh-huh, I'm your junior. He's like, Bill? I'm Bill. I'm your junior. He's like, well, start pushing. They're like, get down, doing push-ups. Have you sitting on a bucket? It was great. It was, it sucked. It was annoying. It was, I was like, really? We're doing this? Like, I'm not some 18-year-old kid. But like, you know what? On his end too, it's like, no, whatever. Like, you want to be here? Prove it. Wait, so I don't understand this like dynamic. So he was like your mentor or? Yeah. So with every, so the way, you know, uh, the way a, a special forces team is broken up, there's, there's two, there's a senior and a junior position for, you know, these different MOSs, these the different job titles. Okay. So without getting into details, he was the guy who was like the senior. So he was the experienced one. I was the, the junior. Got it. So, um, yeah, so that was kind of the, so in so theory, he was just like yeah. effing with you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but like for good reason, right? Without a doubt, for good reason. And there were some people who were kind of like, "This is stupid. Why are you doing this?" I had no problem with it. I, it was like, and going back to an athlete, like, "Hey, you're a rookie. Like, go pick up every single cone, and they're all over the place." And right. Like, what are you gonna do? Like, oh, you want me to do it? The guy who's a senior, yeah, or the guy who's a captain or whatever. And like, sure, there's leading by example. There's that, but there's also a little bit of that that's what kind of makes it cool being in a team environment, yeah. whether, you know, military or teams or high school, high level, doesn't matter. Having a little bit of that, like you can earn it a little bit. Right. You know, what's your like transition to civilian life been like? And I, cause I know you pretty much went from like, did you finish your soccer career and then go right into the military? I finished my soccer career and then went to work at PricewaterhouseCoopers, big accounting firm doing auditing. Hated it. Not surprised. Hated it. <laughs> I was like, this is ridiculous. I actually went to a recruiter, an army recruiter in the city and like talk about being honest. I didn't tell, I didn't even tell anyone. Like I didn't tell my family. That you went? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't tell anyone. And I don't know why I was like embarrassed. Like, I don't know if I was embarrassed, if I was ashamed, if I didn't want to, I don't know what was going on there. I just didn't, I just, I just didn't tell anyone. I just went there. This is in 2007, like six months after I started working there. I was like, yeah, no, this is not. This is not going to work out well. Um, but was thinking, hey, let me give it a, like, let me see it through. Let me not just, like, at the first sight of, I don't like this, like, pout and right, go run right, away right. from yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, don't be weak. Give it some time. Let it sink in. Um, was there for about a year and a half. Left that job. Moved down to Texas, actually. And uh, was, was, trying to go in, uh, in the, in, into the military under a different kind of contract. That thing wasn't working. It was taking forever. It, whatever. Everybody has a recruiter story. So we'll share you the details on that, right. but it took a longer, it took about like a, a year. Um, and then went in, in 2010. So it was a couple of years from graduating, finishing, finishing season in the fall, graduating, working. And then it was a long time coming. And I sometimes I would regret how long it took for sure. Right. Um, but I would not be in the position I am today without that. And right. So Everything. Yeah. Connecting the dots, looking back, not looking forward. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I guess the reason why I bring that up is because I talk about a lot the transition to life after sports. Yes. And I, a lot of times people make comparisons from sports in the military with that like team camaraderie yeah. that we were just talking yeah. about. So like, obviously you struggle with that transition from sports yes. to yes. Like accounting yes but then you found your way to the military <laughs> so what's it been like now and did that have an influence on starting between the ears it's been very hard 
without a doubt. Um, like in what ways? I feel like I am still capable and still wanting to do the job. Obviously, if you read the news, there's a lot of work that has to be done. For me to remove myself from the game and sit on the sideline is really hard. Um, Just like an athlete who's hurt. Totally. Yeah. Without a doubt. If somebody got a serious injury and they removed themselves from the game and then they felt bad about it and they're like, dude, why did you remove yourself from the game? And if the real answer was like, well, so I don't wind up in a wheelchair or cripple or paralyzed or whatever, they'd be like, well, what are you talking about? Why, what, like, that's the right call. And so I got out of the military for family, to be with family. They were through a lot. You know, they've been through a lot. And I understand that that is a, that it, that is the right answer. A right answer. There's There's multiple ones, but... That's a fine answer, and that's all good. However, I still feel like I am taking myself out of the game and am willing and able to do it, to, to continue to do it. And just until about a month ago, was planning on going back in in, in a different capacity. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, but I would not be able to move forward with life here. If you did that. If I did do that. And so make the decision and engage and I, it, it was at that point I need to needed to be here you know I honestly I didn't unpack my bag for like six months when I moved home wow yeah it was now jumped right in and, and everything but like the transition has been really hard um, things that the way things went I, I am forever grateful for my experience in the military like probably everyone I would have liked things to have gone differently some so in some areas um but the way things happened like man i've met all and i'm still in contact consistently with 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 guys on my team today and, and other guys I went through training with and learned so much from them um that while it might not have been the ending i wanted exactly yep it was the ending i needed and uh but it's been tough yeah, it's been tough. And so, yeah, this is, I feel like this is a way to, between the years, is a way to share some of those experiences without a doubt, without it being like, this isn't, this isn't just for any sort of like airsoft nerd that wants to go do military stuff. Like there's nothing military no, about it. About it. No. It's not, it's not that. And like, if you're training for military, like we'll have a different conversation. Uh, but this is those, those lessons, those life lessons has nothing to do with putting a uniform on right. or being anything tactical. Yeah. And like, I th think of like, I'm sure you know of seal fit, right? Yeah. That that's sort of like, like spraying you with water and it's yeah. more like military base. And part of it's that that's the point of it. Like people who want to become Navy SEALs go sure. there to kind of prepare themselves. Yeah. Um, but yeah, based off of my experience, like there's no military like affiliation at all. No. Yeah. It's, no, uh, it's not, it's not, you don't have to be an elite level athlete. You don't have to. Right. 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 Anyone, if you want to improve all you like, <clears throat> the only prereq prerequisite really is, do you want to challenge yourself and improve and without any guarantee that you will, but you'll be hopefully presented with, uh, an opportunity and experience, um, you know, a certain set of situations that, that, that will, provide you that ability and 
that's it. Did you do, it, it's yeah, no, not military related or or anything like that. All right, I have a couple of random questions, just yeah. kind of as we uh, yeah, 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 wrap up. So, do you think you know how in some, some other countries um, they like require that people serve in the military? Do you think that because of what you learned, like obviously I didn't join the military, but because you did, and I met you, and I feel you know grateful that I was put in a situation where I was able to learn a life lesson um, from your own experiences, you know, do you think everyone should, should join the military or that kind of almost ruin, like not ruin, but make your experience that you had different? No, I don't think it would, I don't think it would do anything to my experience. My experience was my experience. I'm just saying like people that probably don't want to be there are going to be there. Yeah. I mean, here's the deal. I, I think people should serve in some capacity. I, we don't have a, a mechanism in place for it right now, but like, and it doesn't have to be the military. Like, it would be cool if there was a community kind of thing that people like. Yep, you're gonna serve. You're gonna serve something bigger than just yourself because at 18 you have no idea right. of anything in life. Right. You have no clue. So if if you if you serve something bigger than just yourself, that is. Yes, I would love to see that. I'm all for it. Um, yeah, honestly, if if dudes don't want to take up arms, I mean, okay, I don't, I don't, I won't judge you any differently. But you know, don't worry, bro. I got it. <laughs> we will. There will be people that will be like, nope, I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna do it. And kind of my in going into the military too is like, so what am I gonna do? I'm gonna let everyone else go and do go do the things like, no, I'm going to step up. If, if I want something, I'm going to, if I want something to change or if I want to be a part of something, like I need to be involved in it. But if people don't want to join the military, you know, and the there's people that don't really want to, everybody joins the military for different reasons. Some people just to pay for college. Right. <laughs> so, you know, short, short answer. Yes. They should serve something bigger than themselves. How that is, you know, what, what's the realistically how that plays out? I don't know, but it would be cool. Right. It would be cool if they actually did. Um, so during your training, people, how many people like quit? Would you say or dropped out? A lot. Yeah. So what the was majority. what would go through your head when people dropped out? I'm just thinking like, because I dropped out. So like, what were everyone else thinking? Like, are you an asshole or are you know? Did you give us more work? Like, what what? No. What would go through your head? Uh, Did it make you question, like, do I, maybe, like, if everyone else is quitting, like, you know, or is it because you went in with a, a strong why? No factor there. No like, factor? Like, you, you quit, good, leave. That's it. I mean, if you, and, and I just want to be clear, like, the training part was just training. And it was hard and it was whatever, but, like, that was just like a, a fraction, even though it was a long course, um, you know, some of that stuff was only a fraction of the overall picture, you know, deployments and missions and, and that kind of thing. Um, that's the real important part. And like, yeah, if you, tr- if you quit in a, in a tryout <laughs> basically, or during some sort of training thing, then like, yeah, you're not when it counts, you're completely under, you know, we can't depend on you. Right. Um, 
but even all that stuff, just the, you know, the, the, the training piece and the, the grueling stuff and all that, like, it's fine. It, it, it serves a purpose, but like, it's like, so like when I got to the team and it's like, yeah, okay, good job. You did nothing. Right. That's the thing. Like, yep. Your hat's a different color and you have a, a tab on your, your arm and whatever. But like, for me, it was nothing because uh, I didn't do anything. So, you know, you, you, you made the team, but like earning your starting spot is way different. You right. Know? Just like in sports too. Yeah. So how are athletes and, sh- and soldiers similar? And then what would athletes never understand about what a soldier does? Similar in that, you know, that dedication and that discipline piece to show up, work collectively for for a goal, for a bigger, you know, not just the win, but like to get better at, you know, whatever play or if you're offense or defense or whatever, your, your personal skills, you, you need to improve personally if you want to contribute to being a member of a team. Um, you know, obviously there's the physical fitness piece, which is hopefully <laughs> a similarity, right. although... Not always. Not always. <laughs> um, so they're very, you know, it's very similar in that, you know, there's, there's a coach or a leader, or a captain, there's kind of like different, you know, ranks or different levels of responsibility and working towards a, 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 a mission or a, a, a training objective or, you know, a game or whatever. Right. It's similar in that different in that, like you're playing a game straight up. You right. are entertainment. That's it. Do you get like offended when like sportscasters or coaches, you know, compare it to war or compare it to being a soldier or whatever? <sighs> no, man. Honestly, it's just it's just kind of ignorance, you know. And a lot of these people that say you know these people are warriors, I don't take it verbatim. You know, I don't. Right. I, I, I'm pretty Context, sure they yeah. don't mean that the person is literally going and, you know, serving the, the policies of the United right. States in yeah. a military uh, way. Oh, yeah. um, I think I think there is a little bit dramatization, but I also think we're so sensitive to what everyone's saying that, like, <laughs> what are you adding into your ruck kind of deal? Yeah. And, and you can kind of have a different perspective on that statement. For but sure, like, yeah. I'm not going to add that to mine. It's the, the important stuff in life. The really important stuff in life is heavy. And if your bag is getting heavier and heavier with with, with crap from entertainers and, and, and talking heads and like dude, just don't don't carry that stuff with you. Yeah. But I don't I don't personally get offended. I, no. All right. That's all good. Um so where can people reach you to experience the between the ears evolution yeah. themselves? So they can I'm on Instagram. On that gram? On the gram. I'll link all this up in the show notes too, so people can just yeah. have the links and B T W N the ears is the handle. The the Yep, uh, handle, the I handle. believe. Yep. Um Bill at B T W N the Ears is my email. Obviously I'm at CrossFit Morristown. Um that's a big one. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Just uh You've been you've been scheming for the next one? Yes. Yep. Yes. I'm very excited. There's there's I'm excited to to take it kind of to the next step um and grow it and you know there's there's the piece that we talked about which is the the evolution itself but 
that's just a that's just like a, a finite moment in time and like it's over it's done right continuing the follow through um is where i think that now we can identify things maybe ask those deep questions or or, or at least realize that like okay yeah i need to I need to kind of spend some time asking these questions or, or looking for some of the answers. So how do we continue to move that forward daily? Right. That's something that I'm, I'm working on having to be a, a more everyday kind of thing. Like for example, for CrossFit, like if you just, the only time you did CrossFit was at your level one seminar, badass weekend. Awesome. You're fired up. You're like ready to just do everything. And then right. if the next time you do a, a squat, is that your recertification right five years from now like uh okay like let's have some follow-through let's have some 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 everyday things so right. that's what i'm kind of working on now but yeah i mean just from like just based on what you just said like i find myself in the middle of the day like my job is pretty boring most of the time and like i find myself really like daydreaming or like not paying attention or, like i'm not engaged at all uh-huh. i'm like dude wake the fuck up <laughs> like you need to engage and engage aggressively whether you're whether you're yes. you know working out or whether you're yes. at work doing something really boring like either yes. way just freaking do it so yes i've already been thinking about like oh i should probably get like a tattoo or something like <laughs> i'm telling you like that's how much of an impact like this experience has had on me and like Good. i constantly think about it and it keeps me in check of like Good. with everything so it, i I can't thank you enough for, no, man. Thank for you. providing me with this kind of experience and it's a learning experience. So for anyone who's thinking about trying it for themselves, like 100% do it. Like you'll get out of it what you need to get out of it. And I, yeah. I definitely am a example of that. Yeah. That's um, awesome. Last question. That's what I ask everyone. Um, what's your personal definition of perseverance? Man, just getting up, getting up and continuing to fight on. Um, not letting that whatever whatever knocked you down or whatever that situation is around you that that might be extremely challenging, not letting that be the end. You have the choice to get back up. Exactly, you have, you the, have choice. the choice, man. And and whether you do or not, it's going to sound cold, but like it's a yes or no answer. Yep. Don't give me a long answer. It's yes or it's no. You did or you didn't. Not to say that there's crazy situations and crazy circumstances, but like, did you get up and, and, and take that step and engage and engage aggressively? Right. And you know it. Only you know it, man. Yep. You know, and it might look like you did or didn't on the surface, but deep down, like, you'll you'll know. In the book that I got that I brought you, The Urban Meyer Above the Line, yeah, he talks about BCDs. And anytime anyone's BCDing, they're, you're not setting yourself up for success. So BCD is blame, complain, or defend. <laughs> so if you're doing any of those, he's like, you're – you're not setting yourself up for success and yeah i think that's kind of that's totally true and you know man it's great like don't believe your own bullshit yeah you know um we all do it to a certain extent but like strip down that ego and and uh you know really be honest with yourself like you want to get better be your fiercest adversary yeah you'll be surprised you know and um yeah blaming and not looking at yourself for exactly. for for anything and like it's not to be it's also not to say that you're gonna be like this over the top like oh, that's my bad like if somebody rear ends you and you're sitting at a, a red light you know and you get rear ended and 
your neck has a problem, you break your neck, and it, it has this huge impact. You're gonna be like, yeah, you know, it's all right, man. It was my fault. It's like, no, it wasn't. You were at the, you were at a red light. Like that idiot was on their phone, being distracted, right. and you're doing the exact opposite, thinking, engaging, just asking questions, and then all of a sudden they, boom, they hit you. Um, but yeah, like being 100% brutally honest with yourself, that's a prerequisite. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Bill. I appreciate, yeah, man. appreciate your time. Dude, right on. Thanks for having me.